hey, welcome back to the 2012 season. Uh, we are reviving the podcast to be named later. Uh, now we'll be doing it on a weekly basis throughout the season. Now that we have a lot of news to talk about, not this, not so much this week, but each week we'll have rotating people. Uh, this week I'm joined by Toby David and Steve Slowinski. Toby, good afternoon. Hey, Jason, what's up? Looking forward to helping you out on the player to be named later podcast. Absolutely, absolutely. Looking forward to having this every week. Steve, what's up? Hey, not too much. Glad we're getting this thing going again. That time. Exactly, I know. <laughs> I, I, I'm, so, the blame. Yeah. I'm the blame for this. You know me, I'm a travel schedule. I, I love doing this, but it's, again, uh, definitely going to stick with it this year uh, all the way through. But, uh, you know, obviously, slow news week, not much going on right now um, with everything. The only big news uh, outside of B.J. Upton, will he play or won't he play this week? And Desmond Jennings, will he play or won't he play after their collision? The only other news really was Reed Brignac and his plantar fasciitis. Uh, so that leaves his status for opening day in doubt. But what do you guys think that does for the 25-man roster? Toby, I'll start with you. Well, it's going to be interesting to to see how Andrew Friedman in the front office, obviously they'll get input from Joe Madden as well, what they're going to do in, in order to manipulate the roster. They've already got one problem as far as who's going to be in the fifth spot of the rotation. I don't think they figured out the back end of the bullpen or shoot the, the seven men that are going to be in the bullpen. If you look at the bench spots, I'm a little bit concerned about the offensive weapons that you would be able to pinch it late in games, which typically isn't that big of a concern in the American league, but with the way that Joe Madden works his lineup, works the matchups, I can see Jeff Kappinger coming in to face a tough lefty. Let's say if they want to pinch it for a Matt Joyce and a lefty specialist comes in, but I'm not very comfortable with the options coming off the bench if there's a tough righty. And let's say you have Sean Rodriguez versus a tough righty out of the bullpen. Who's going to be that left-handed bat? Is Sam Fold really going to be that go-to offensive punch? So I'm going to be curious to see what they do. I know one of the things they might end up doing, and I'm not going to say it's a long shot, but it'd be a little bit more unique is keeping an extra arm in the bullpen. It might help them buy some time. You put Reed Brignac on the 15-day DL because you've got so many good offensive teams coming in early in the season. And you have that extra arm in the bullpen. It gives you some more time to sort out what you're going to do with Wade Davis. Throw him in the bullpen for a little bit. Maybe you give him a little bit. Maybe even get to start. I'm going to be really interested. I'm baffled right now with the construction of this team, and it's going to be really interested to see what they end up doing. Exactly. Uh, Steve, your thoughts? Yeah, I think Toby brought up a really good point about the uh, the lack of offensive weapons on the bench. I mean, the, even even if Brignac wasn't injured and the Rays were able to enter the season with kind of the, like their ideal bench at this point, you know, they they don't have a lot of firepower there. I mean, Brignac himself isn't necessarily he can hit the ball a mile when he hits it, actually, but um, we still have to see exactly how his, if his rework swing is going to help him make more contact and if, he, and if he's still striking out at a similar rate and, and kind of getting weak contact a lot of the time, he's not going to be a huge weapon in and of himself. Um, there's a lot of question marks there. Um, so in some ways, this could work out well for the Rays. Uh, Brignac will start the year in the DL. He'll be able to have a rehab start and go down to the minors and see what uh, see what he can bring. See if his new swing is working in the minors. See if it's if he's able to uh, succeed there. So if he can't, I mean, if he can't 
start raking in AAA or on, on the way up, I mean, the, the odds of him actually, you know, his way and working the majors are going to be pretty slim as well. So, uh, I mean, the Rays have in the past, I know we like to kind of joke about how they use the, uh, they've used the DL as kind of an extra roster spot or as a, as a way to kind of solve uh, um roster crunches and stuff and uh, th- obviously this one is is nothing they could do about this but i think in in many ways it'll possibly work out for them well I, I will say the news of this foot problem came out after the race had an off day which kind of seems weird but uh <laughs> but i mean to to the toby's point about going to the next picture that would leave them with a right-handed bat a left-handed bat and a switch hitting bat off the bench but at the same time you're not going to really uh, as crazy as things as Joe Madden does, rarely does he pinch hit with the backup catcher because you don't have a fallback option. So really that leaves you a right and left-handed option uh, with Kepinger and Fold on the bench. So we'll see where that goes. It, it would buy them some more time if, if they're looking to trade a pitcher. That would buy them some more time uh, in that regard. And obviously if they carry an extra pitcher, um, that would be Elliot Johnson being exposed to waivers because they can't pass him down to Durham uh, without doing that. They've done it before with them. I believe they've done it twice. Uh, so it, it's happened, but with the, the way things are right now, especially injuries, I, mean, I don't know how I, I'm looking to do. I've got fantasy drafts this weekend, so I'm looking at NL, NL only drafts. And between the free agent signings, the trades, and now the injuries, the NL is just falling apart. And I don't know how these poor guys doing NL drafts are going to be able to do it, but it seems like there's a lot of opportunities there. But that, you know, we'll see how all that goes. But getting to the pitching side of things, uh, you know, we're still at this Neiman or Davis for the fifth starter spot. Where do you guys see? You know, what are your feelings on this, Steve? I'll start with you this time. I think I've been pretty vocal on the site with my opinion. Um, <laughs> I, I definitely am kind of in the in the camp of moving Davis to the bullpen at this point. I I think he's shown some really good things this spring. So this is his last start after uh, I think Madden was commenting about how he, after he got hit in the ankle with a, uh, a line drive back, he really picked up his pitches had more velocity and his curveball had more snap to it, and. Um, then he pitched he was only let up a handful of hits over five innings, struck out five batters, and um, it was, you know, pretty positive start. It's, you know, it's spring training, so who really knows necessarily? Take it with a grain of salt. But um, I, I think I'm really – I really hope that he can regain some of his past um, abilities. Because right? he was such a – he was a high-rated prospect coming up for the minors. He um, he has that kind of power pitcher ability if he can get back to it. But I just – just based on last year and his kind of his lack of really getting much success with any of his pitches, I really want to see that he can blow hitters away a bit before, you know, handing him that rotation spot. Especially if we have, uh, especially if we have, you know, Neiman that can step in that arguably has a, you know, is a better pitcher talent-wise than uh, Davis right now. Um, depending on his health, obviously, if Neiman is um, not healthy or his mechanics are off, then you know who knows. But uh, I-, I think. My thought is at least, you know, give Davis some time in the bullpen. Let him use that, you know, those shorter stints to really work on just trying to blow hitters away, get back to that power hit pitcher mentality um, instead of trying to be cute kind of like he was last year to a degree. Um, and and see if then whenever if something happens to Neiman at that point, he can step in and see if he can translate that to the rotation again. But, uh, yeah. Toby, your thoughts? Well, without a doubt, I'm I'm a Jeff Neiman supporter, especially when it comes to him versus Wade Davis. I see Jeff Neiman when he's healthy, 
as a low-end number two, high-end number three type pitcher. Wade Davis hasn't proven very much as a starting pitcher in the big leagues at this point, which concerns me. And so if we just take it from the standpoint of, okay, let's slide Jeff Neiman into the five spot, then what do you do with Wade Davis? He's never been able to prove himself as a reliever outside of one or two appearances late last season. And my question to Joe Madden is, how long would it take for him to be able to make that transition to the relief spot? Here's something a lot of people don't realize. A pitcher builds up his arm and his arm strength in terms of different type of conditioning routines. If you're a starter, you train your arm to be a starter. If you're a reliever, you have to learn how to throw every day off of, off of a mound. And I don't know how long it's going to take Wade Davis to do that. Maybe they start him off slow in the bullpen as the long man. They make sure to get him in once every three days, every four days, and then they can build him up over a period of time. Is that worth it? Will, how much will it lower his trade value, future trade value, if he's in the bullpen as opposed to being a starter? It's another question. I like Alex Cobb better than Wade Davis, to be honest with you. So if Jeff Neiman gets injured in two months or three months, has to hit the DL, I'd prefer to see Alex Cobb over him. I'm starting to get concerned, and this is where the evaluation process really has to take form for the Rays. What do they think Wade Davis is capable of? If they think that he has much more in him than what he's shown thus far, then they've got to keep him on the team because you don't want to sell well with him. Maybe you put him in, in the bullpen, and if they have an opportunity for him to become a starter again, maybe they deal Jeff Neiman at some point this year or at the end of, uh, end of this season. You can slide Wade Davis back in there. That's a question I have for Andrew Friedman. What do you think his upside is? Steve mentioned he was a top 50 prospect in all of baseball. He had a big power arm, could get into the mid-90s, and occasionally he'll still touch it. But he doesn't show me an awful lot, at least the last year and a half or so, especially last season, throwing 88 to 91 miles an hour a lot of times. It just It's really worrisome to me. And at some point you have to get away from, okay, what can we get in return for this guy? And you're tampering too much with what might happen on the field as far as wins and losses losses because you don't want to lose value and putting your best players out there. I'd rather roll the best pitcher out to the mound each and every time than make sure that this pitcher can build his value back. Yeah, I, I, for me, when the when they, when the Rays gave him that contract, the extended, the, the pre-agency deal, if you will, that tells me what they think of him because you know, they're not throwing those contracts around to this guy or that guy. So you know, that helped in that regard. But I agree with you. The version of Wade Davis that we saw in the first few months of the season, working 88 to 91, wasn't a workable uh, workable Wade Davis. And I wrote an article uh, about the mid part of the season when you saw Wade Davis make a change in his delivery where he wasn't falling off to the mound. I mean, we, we laugh at how much J.P. Howe falls off as a lefty reliever falling towards third base. But there was a point where Wade Davis was practically doing the same thing towards first base as a right-handed pitcher. But you look at, you know, Neiman, he made some second-half growth himself last year, becoming more of a ground ball pitcher, moved himself on the rubber a little bit, went to a more two-seamers, and got a 51% ground ball rate in the second half of the season. You look at Davis, his strikeout rate actually climbed in July and August. And in, in August, he was at 6.6 per nine, the highest of any month in the season. So he got stronger in the second half of the season when he made his delivery change. But at the same time, I agree. You know, the guy that was nibbling that we saw in April, May, and June just isn't a functional asset. Uh, so we'll, you know, we'll see where this one goes. I like how both guys did it over the second half. Um, but in, in the end, when it comes down to me, Wade Davis still hasn't shown a functional off-speed pitch. And if you're going to be a starting pitcher in baseball, you have to have a you can't have a showy changeup unless you have an awesome fastball and breaking ball combo. Uh, and he doesn't have that right now. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, 6.6 uh, strikeout rate, I mean, that, that itself is, uh, I think it's still below average, either that or just at average, basically. So if that's the best he can do, um, or if that's the, you know, his, his peak last year, um, it's still not terribly exciting. You know? Oh, exactly. I mean, <laughs> and I'll say this also, yeah. as far from a pitching perspective, Wade Davis, what concerns me about him is I don't like the command of his pitches to begin with. And the fact is, his fastball, I don't like the action that it has on it. I've noticed when I saw him pitch earlier in the spring on television, it, it appears that he's trying to work in a two-seam sinker type pitch. But if you don't have command of any pitches, and really in my mind, it's not about just a walk rate. It's about looking at where the catcher sets up, watching, and if he consistently misses the targets. And I just don't have confidence in Wade Davis that he has command, good command, of any of his pitches. Now, if he can command all of his pitches, there's people, there's players out there that have mediocre or average stuff that can be successful if they know how to command it. That's one of my big concerns with Wade Davis. And I have a lot of concerns. That's what's scary. Can he get his velocity back? Can he, what kind, can he ever get back his slider, or is that going to cause problems with his elbow? What about his curveball? He's mixing in a changeup now. What about this sinker? Is he going to be able to command it? There's just so many question marks I have about him right now, and that's what my big problem. Yeah, I mean, to me, the 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 risk with Wade Davis, everything you just laid out, is uh, equal to the risk that we have with Jeff Neiman when it comes to health. Uh, you know, we've seen him break uh, shoulder problems, groin problems. Uh, you had, had surgery when he was in college, coming out of Rice. So he's been pretty much good for a DL stint every year and pretty much has Wade Davis. But I think it's really tough to make this decision. I mean, I think we're all in the same camp as we all like Neiman over Davis. But I, I don't know if it's as cut and dry as it, as it looks to be because you think back to the Wade Davis that we had in 2009 that came up and blew the Tigers away to when mid-90s and striking out everybody. It was just kind of weird to see that guy last year. And once he came back from injury, did better. Uh, there's, uh, it, it's a nice problem to have to have too many guys. And again, we, you touched on Alex Cobb earlier. There's really seven guys for five spots, and we already know one of these guys is out of the mix. Uh, then we look around the league, and, and guys like Eric Bedard and Kyle Loescher opening day starters for other teams. So, you know, counter blessings. These are, these are small problems to have in the long run. Yeah, and I guess the good news with Davis is that even with all his questions and things, the Rays still only owe him, I think it's something around 11 or $12 million over the next mm-hmm. four years. Um, three or four years, so it's it's a relatively. I mean, it's it's not a great investment to have you know locked up with a player that with so many question marks, but it's also not you know, huge, or it's not going to sink their payroll every year, kind of as the uh, a la Pat Burrell. Yeah, I mean the contract works. So, it works uh, in either role because the money's not outrageous. If he mm-hmm. if he sticks as a starter and does good, it's a great bargain. If he ends up being a reliever, it's right about market value. It's not a little more than market value, but it still works either way. It's not like you said. It's not a penalizing contract like it is with some of these other guys where you're like A.J. Burnett where you're stuck with all this money and if he fails as a starter at Pittsburgh they're going to have to put him in the bullpen luckily the Yankees are helping foot in some of that bill but you know that that's kind of a worst case scenario so um, last topic I mean that pretty much wraps it up for the week there's really nothing else we can't talk about anything else because it's really a slow slow news week but next week when we talk we will have actually some opening day baseball halfway across the world as uh, the Mariners and or the Mariners and A's 
uh, take over. They're playing some games in Japan on the 28th and 29th, and that is your unofficial opening day of the season. Uh, if you want to stay up and watch the two-hour tape delay version on MLB Network, uh, but we still have uh, it'll be two weeks from tomorrow, and the Rays will finally be opening up against the Yankees. We put up the uh, the new ad that the Rays put out is up on the website. If you want to go check it out, we have the uh, embedded video so you can see what the new ad is for opening weekend, and uh, maybe have even some roster moves to talk about next week. Uh, so for uh, Toby and Steve, thanks for coming on on short notice to do this. And this is kind of our trial run for 2012, uh, and we'll be doing this on a weekly basis. Good stuff. Look forward to doing it again, Jason. Yeah, sounds great. All right, guys. Take care. Thanks.